0: Just to give a quick update, um, some of you may know, some may not know uh, that uh, Marty went to the hospital this morning, uh, Ruth, my mother, took her. Um, the last update I got was right before, um, well, about the middle of, of uh, the Sunday school hour, and that was that they're moving her to Christiana. Uh, they did find uh, she she does have a kidney stone and it's huge it's about a half an inch. Um, it will require surgery um, but the the dangerous part is there there is also an infection um, that they're concerned with this um, uh, as much as I understood what she was saying to me um, this this stone is backing up some infection and it can uh, it's it's to a point where it could it, it have significant risk, even to her life, and so uh, so we're gonna we're gonna pray for her. I want to pray right now, Father. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are, God. We pray for Marty right now. We hold her up. We lift her up in your name, and we come as witnesses to the fact that she loves you. She trusts you. We pray. Father, for you to facilitate this kidney stone in Jesus' name. To facilitate this infection in Jesus' name. I pray it gone in Jesus' name. I pray your will be done. I release a protection around her in Jesus' name. And Father, bring healing to this, Lord. And I just pray that... You subside any pain right now in Jesus' name. Help her to know even though they're not with us, they are with us. We're unified in heart together. And Father, as Brooke prayed as well, I pray that my mouth is yours. My mind, my will is yours. God, every part of me is yours. I pray that you speak through me your words, none of my own. You know that's the desire of my heart. I love you so much. In Jesus' name, Amen. It was interesting, also, to me, um, and Brooke pointed out the same thing that the Lord kept sitting heavy on my heart during worship, and that is that we have two families here that are complete now. I, I, is it? It's just the two of you, you and Jibre, right? In your family, right? Okay. Just want to make sure I'm not leaving anybody out, but at least local. But uh, he highlighted that to me as well. And I I think there's significance in that, which I'm going to reveal here in a little bit. But, uh, um, (laughs) well, you see the screen. Um, You can ask my wife. This one was troubling to me because usually he'll give me a clue. Right? And, and so as, as I was coming into this morning, what he was laying on my heart was difficult for me to really understand. I, I shouldn't say that, I understood it. It was difficult for me to figure out how that's gonna be a message. Okay? So, I just simply leave it at that. I'm not sure exactly the message that God's going to have for you. What I am confident of is what he gave me during worship. And it is for out there, if you will, um, for the atmosphere. Um, a few days ago, I don't even remember... How long, it might have been three or four days ago. Uh, by the way, thank you church. We, we went and did our little thing in Rehoboth for our, tomorrow is our 30th year anniversary. <laughs> Amen. That's good. Yeah, 30 years. 30 years. I know, I know. Wow. Right. She's put up with me for 30 years. That is insane. Of course I've had to pay for it, you know, but no, 30 years, 30 years. And, and this, this church is just so gracious. They gave us two days down in, And Rehoboth and, and we went down and, and just, it was awesome. It's very rare that she and I can get away and kind of not think about ministry or not think about, you know, people or or who we need to meet with and this. And so it was really extraordinary. It, It was just amazing. And I want to thank you for that. But a couple days before that, the Lord gave me a dream. And it was interesting. I told Alexis about this dream because I didn't understand it. And and I'll tell you the dream first. But then the Lord revealed to me the interpretation of it in that last song. Or, or no, the second to last song. And and it was extraordinary because it goes along with what he, this word that he's given me this morning. But uh, maybe three or four days or four or five days ago, whatever it was, beginning the week... Um, I had this dream, and I woke up. And what the dream was, was I was in the, in a car, in a vehicle, in the back seat on the left side. I don't remember other people in the car, although there were other people in the car. I remember thinking afterwards that, wow, it's weird that I wasn't driving. Because if if you've been a friend of mine for any length of time, or certainly my family... You, you understand that, that I, I'm not a good passenger. <laughs> I, I like to drive. And, and so when, when we went out to, to Minnesota this last uh, uh, summer, it was, well, are you going to divvy up the driving? No. <laughs> no, I'll just stay awake because I, I like to drive. So, so that was the first thing that was odd about this dream is I wasn't driving. The second, and and I didn't know who was, by the way, until the Lord revealed it to me in the second to last song. There, Um, The second odd thing, and you would think this would have been the first odd thing, but the second odd thing is that we're driving in the ocean. And it wasn't one of those duck boats, okay? It wasn't a car that was made for the ocean, it was a car. Uh, Yeah, James Bond car, yeah. Except we weren't under the water. We were above the water. And the crazy thing, right when I came into my dream, I'm sitting down, I have the window rolled down, I got my arm hanging out the, the window, and I'm just looking to the left, and I see this big wave coming. And And I'm like, I look to the right, and the beach is way over there. It's not like we're on the beach. So I'm thinking, how are we staying afloat here? This is weird. And this wave's coming, and I'm starting to think, okay, I don't know who's driving, but do they see that thing coming? We gotta get out of the way of this. And, and the wave's coming like this, we're driving like this, the wave just goes right like that. Now keep in mind, I had my window down. Didn't touch us. Didn't touch us. I thought, okay, that's different. That's different. I kept thinking we've got to get to shore. We've got to get to shore. And whoever was driving was not taking us to shore. But we kept driving down this coastline. We also weren't deep out at sea. We were on the coastline where the waves are. You know, where they crash. Right? It's like the pinnacle of crashing waves. I I don't know. I know you East Coasters here don't know what real waves are like, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I grew up seven seven or eight years in Southern California and that's where God produced real waves. But uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but really waves are not I they they could be really scary. I remember one time I was in seventh grade, I think, sixth or seventh grade, and I had just just was learning how to surf and, and boogie board and all that stuff and we lived about a mile and a half or two miles from the beach. And so, and it was downhill to the beach so I could ride my skateboard to the beach and then I had to walk back home. And this was back in the day when you could actually let your kids go and we'd be fine. So I go, hear about this hurricane, right? And I didn't know really what that meant or what that was, but this hurricane off the coast of Mexico, a couple of hundred miles away, but it's supposed to be really awesome waves, right? So I thought, okay, I'm going to go down there because all the cool surfers are saying this is where you want to be for this. And so I'm there and I'm thinking, okay, all right, that's cool. I got my junior life book, lifeguard certificate now, so I'm okay going out there. Well, I go out there and... Let me tell you about the power of a wave. Okay, now these were coming in. These were pretty huge. These were probably cresting about 12 to 13 feet. Now what that means is that's not the depth of the water. That's from the base of the wave to the top of the wave, almost double my height. Okay, now back then it was probably two and a half times my height, right? So I go out there thinking that I'm going to ride one of these waves And I catch the first one and it flips me upside down and pile drives me into the sand. The impact made me think I was going to die, first of all. But then the churning and the fact that I could not get back up, that convinced me I was going to die. And I couldn't. What seems like hours is really only about 10 seconds, right? You're under there. And, and I'm you know, it was the whole thing where the lifeguards are saying, you know, swim at your own risk because we're seriously not coming out there to save you if you die. and And I'm thinking, this was the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. And just the second you get your head above water, here comes another one. Boom. Yep. Luckily, the second one, I was underneath most of it, so I was able to get up and get out of the water. I don't remember if I actually got my boogie board back or not. I don't remember. But that was the power of the waves. So keep in mind, this is my paradigm. Okay, so when I have a dream about a big wave coming at me, I'm thinking, this is not a good thing, right? Even though when you learn to surf, it can be, I suppose. All right? But in this dream, this wave comes and it didn't affect us. But, but the driver just kept us going down the coastline. Well, I woke up from the dream, and, and it just, I didn't understand it. it. didn't make sense to me. Told Alexis about it. We talked about it a little bit. And, and in, in cases like that, I just know to leave it alone. Because at some point, the Lord will give me the rest of the information. He always does, always has. Sometimes I'll get it right then. Sometimes I'll get it later. And this morning, what he revealed to me were a couple of things. First of all, Jesus was the driver. So I didn't have to worry, right? Which is interesting because I, I didn't recognize that at the time. But the other thing he revealed to me this morning was that that car was ministry. Okay, that's not a surprise. I, I kind of, you know, that's a typical metaphor for ministry, right? In the automobile. But what he revealed is this ministry was not where people think it should be, not where I think it should be. But yet Jesus was driving him, and that's exactly where he had us. He had us in a place where we didn't think we should be. Because, see, all the effective ministry is over there on the shore where it can't get touched. But, see, that's not real. where the real warfare is. The real warfare isn't on the beach where it can't be touched by the war. Because it's also not affecting what needs to have an effect to it. It's not affecting the war when it's on the beach. And what he told me was this ministry, Ignition, this ministry is right where he wants it to be because it is in the war. Even though the world will look at it and say, that's not built for that. That car is not built to go On, on the ocean like that, certainly not built to take hits from those waves. But yet Jesus said, yeah, but I'm driving. It was extraordinary to me because I didn't feel any force field around us, but yet remember I had my window open and my arm hanging out the door and I never got wet. Never touched me. It was extraordinary. And that's what I want to declare this morning, is that this ministry is not what the world thinks that it will be. It's not what the world or what church thinks it should be. What he gave me this morning is Psalm 55. And first time I read through that, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how you get a message out of this. But he began to show me this idea of declaration. This idea of what needs to be declared into the atmosphere because of what is about to happen. And that's why I find it extraordinary this morning that these two families are here in full. And that's God. That's God. Amen. That's God. So... Again, Father, just speak through me because I don't know exactly what you want. But speak through me as we begin. Isaiah 55, verse 1. We're just going to read down through the chapter. Did I say Psalm? I'm sorry, Psalm 55. Sorry, I've been studying in Isaiah and Isaiah is stuck in my brain. But no, it's Psalm 55. Psalm 55, verse 1. And David cries out, He says, give ear to my prayer, O God. Hide not Yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. See, that's what I wanted in that car. I just wanted to get out of the way of the raging storm and the tempest. And the Lord told me, no, that's where I have you. Why do you want to get out of the way of my will? See, I believe David was experiencing the same thing here. He said, God, I just need some rest. God, I just need some protection. I just need, I just need, I, 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 I. We're there, aren't we? Oftentimes, that's exactly where we are. And Jesus says, wait, no, 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 no. You have my protection. You are where I need you to be. I have called a group of people up to be in the middle of this tempest. Because that's the only way it can be fought. Then David changes his tone a little bit. Verse 9 says, Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. It's talking about this oppression that comes against the church. This oppression that was coming against David. But today, it's the oppression that comes against the bride. That comes against the church. This has been what has come against the church. And I mean the church as a whole for decades and centuries. But then he changes again. Verse 12. For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. The enemy that you expect, you expect to be the enemy. You expect what comes from them. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. Verse 13. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house we walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let me back up a second before I go to verse 15. See, David was recognizing that the very warfare against him was coming from inside. The very warfare against him was a familiar face. See, that's a difficult thing to understand. The church doesn't want to understand it. In fact, Satan's greatest thing that he's done against the bride is to, to get the bride to believe that he has no hooks into the bride. But yet what the scripture says here, what David was revealing, was the very thing that came against him the most came from the inside. Came from somebody he was familiar with. That he did things with. That he broke bread with. Verse 15. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. And Father, I ask permission to come before your chamber. You've asked me to declare these words. In Jesus' name, I ask permission to come before your chamber to declare these words. Ask in Jesus' name. See, these were people David knew. And yet he understood the destruction that they could bring. And if you notice, he didn't mess around with it. I don't know about you, but I don't think there is a greater curse that you could say towards someone than to wish them to go to hell alive. (laughs) Truth, right? I mean, there's really nothing worse. But understand this was not a reaction, a reactionary thing from David. This was a strategic response to a spy. What happens to a spy? They're tried for treason, right? What is a spy? A spy, and I'm talking about a spy in your own country. You know, if, if we have a spy in the United States, then there's somebody that is here legally, probably a United States citizen, doing things to undermine the United States, right? I think there will be, no, I won't say that. Not yet. But a spy is somebody who says one thing acts out another. Right? To bring deception around them so you think that they're a friend, but they're not. This has happened in the church, guys. This has happened in churches that do not allow their eyes to be opened to what is going on in the spirit realm, because it's obvious in the spirit realm. Where these spirits of witchcraft, human spirits, call them witches, whatever you want to call them, where they infiltrate churches to have effect on those churches. If you don't believe me, just ask the witches. John Ramirez, he, he was a very high level witch. Warlock, I I don't know what, what you call a guy witch. A, A man witch. There you go. Hey, that's perfect. That's awesome. But he was very high up in, in New York and, and he radically got saved. And his books are, are really quite amazing as to what they use, or what he used to do when he was a witch. And there are many others, many other books, and many other witches that have been saved and, and told the tale of what they used to do. And one of the biggest things they would do is they would infiltrate churches. And when they infiltrate churches, it's not just to go hang out in the pew and, and just cast curses. No, it was to get into leadership. It was to get into a place where they could affect the movement of that church. They did it all over the place. They do it all over the place. We know of at least one church here locally, a large church. We know that there are many in that church in leadership. I'm not even talking about everything else. I'm talking about leadership. The Lord revealed another one to me this morning while we were in worship. One that I know. These are churches that have allowed this to come into their leadership. Why? Because they don't want to open their eyes. They don't want to see the truth of the atmosphere around them. They would prefer to believe that those gifts don't exist. Boy, what, what a victory for Satan. If, if you take all the senses that God wants to give in His gifting to His bride and say, oh no, that, that all isn't even really there. Just kind of lock that up and, and don't let it be and, and just do church. Just do your nicey nice church so you can do, you know, th- your 35 minute sermon and, and you do 25 minutes of worship and then 15 minutes of announcements. And then get out to Applebee's before everybody else does. You know, but then, then you, if you do that, that's the formula. Have a, have a great, great, you know, program. And then that's the formula to build your church to thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, twenty thousand. And by the way, it works. It works. Let me tell you why. Because Satan does not come against that. Because there is no power in that. Exactly. (laughs) There is no power in that. And see, Satan has infiltrated that all over the globe. All over the globe. He's done that. He's got his people in places of leadership. Well, we know, those are the waves. That's the offshore waves. And that's exactly where God has placed us. Like it or not, that's where He has placed us. And by the way, I like it. I'm thankful for it. If God has put you here, He has built you, whether you recognize this or not, He has built you to be a warrior. How good does it feel as a warrior? To unsheathe that sword. To stand at the ready. To be the vessel where revealing is made possible. That's what he's doing in ignition. That's what he's doing in pockets all over the world. Because this leadership in the bride must be stopped. Now for months... He's been giving these warnings. And I believe the Father to have been very, very gracious in these warnings. And we've had many, many instances where we have dealt with this straight on, face to face. And we've seen many witches come to know Lord. And we will see many more. But that period of grace... Over. That's what he has had me declare this morning. That period of grace is over. Their time to avoid exactly what David declared and prayed here is over. Doesn't mean they can't choose the Lord, but when the fight comes to their doorstep, they will not then be offered a chance. Because when the fight comes to their doorstep, it's with open and drawn sword. Verse 16. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage for many are arrayed against me. Now recognize what it says there. Not the battle that I'm thrown into. From the battle that I wage. It was David's choice to step into that battle. It was your choice To step into this battle. Your choice to step into this army. By the way, a great choice. (laughs) Right? But it is your choice. God is not going to force anybody to go to war with Him that doesn't want to. But David said here that all these things were given to him Because of the battle that he wages. For many are arrayed against me. Verse 19. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from of old. Because they do not change. And do not fear God. See this is what has been hitting me the hardest. We've been dealing on a defensive mode with witchcraft for over a year. I mean, I shouldn't say that. We've been dealing with our whole lives, but we've been aware of it <clears throat> and engaged in that warfare for the last year, a little over a year. And the fact that they have seen the power of God <clears throat> Over and over and over again. Literally knock Satan off his throne. And they have not turned. Astounds me. It astounds me. But it says it here. Because they do not change and do not fear God. Verse 20. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. See, what he's saying here is, his quote-unquote friend came in stealth, came hidden, came as an equal, came as one loving the Lord, wanting the Lord, saying that I'm with you, I want the same things as you. And this is what our bride, the church, has allowed into her halls. And specifically into her halls of leadership. These ones who would come in stealth with very different intentions than what their mouth would speak. Let's look at... David's reaction to that. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. By the way, guys, don't don't be confused there. It doesn't say, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit those who are saved to be moved. It's not what it says. It says the righteous the righteous. Not the legalistic righteous. Not those who say they live by a code of law, and then on the other hand, their heart is for themselves. But the righteous are those who build real relationship with Jesus Christ. The righteous are those who walk in relationship with Him, recognizing that anything that they would bring that is impure into their lives will affect that righteousness. If you walk in relationship with the Lord, you can count on the fact that He will never permit those who are righteous, those who have a relationship with Him, to be moved. See guys, that's why that big wave didn't touch us. <coughs> It went over us, it went through us, it went under us. I don't know. I just know the car never moved. I never felt it even on my arm. I I fully expected to get wet. Never touched me. We didn't move. I'm just recognizing that now. See, that car never moved. Which is extraordinary because, I don't know if you've ever been on the ocean, but you move. (laughs) Right? It's like this. If you ever go deep-sea fishing, I mean, take Dramamine. That's all I could say. But you move. This car wasn't moving. It was not reacting to the flow underneath it or beside it or over it. It was moving straight on course and was not moved by its external things around it. That's the promise that God gives the Righteous. In your life, if you're building relationship with the Lord and you trust Him, and, and by the way, not that you're, it's the motives in which you build a relationship. Well, I want to build a relationship with the Lord so I can have these particular friends because they all know the Lord and they seem to have a relationship with Him and I kind of want to hang with them. Okay, that, that's not, not the reason to build a relationship with the Lord. If you're building relationship with the Lord with the true intent of being close to Him in that relationship, then He will make you to where you are immovable. You're immovable. i got to tell you, it's extraordinary to me how much the enemy comes against this church. Now, I, I used to think, well, okay, yeah, he's probably coming against every church. no no, because I talk to people in other churches I mean people that don't even really recognize the enemies there he comes against this church heavy and I gotta tell you I love the reaction I, I, this past like a week and a half ago or in the last few weeks we've had at least that I know of we've had three, we're not a big church guys We've had three people in this church lose their jobs. And possibly more, at least. I, I know of those three. What was the reaction? I, I love John's reaction. And it, and by the way, it was the same with all three. I love John's reaction and, and it was just kind of like, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm looking forward to what you have for me, Lord. Amen. Because see, it's it's not my purpose that... that I have in question because my job was not my purpose. It's not you giving me everything that I need because it's not the job that fills that need. It's you, Lord. It's just you. I've seen other things where where the Lord says to do something and and in a real sense... We're not in a place to choose to do that, and yet we do it. I, I, I think I, I'll say yours because I think yours is known, right? Everybody know? Okay, I, I say yours then, because because there are others I, 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 as well. But you know, Beth, she said, "Lord, I, I just want your will." I just want your will. I I, I, I want to be available to you. I want to do what you want me to do. And his response is, yeah, quit your job. And then you look over at Corey and Corey goes, yes, Lord.
1: Yes, Lord.
0: Do you understand? That's the reaction. That's the reaction that God wants. One of the, one of the very, <laughs> I've taught the Word of God for 30 years and, I, and, and there was a time uh, at, at a, a long, long, long time ago past church that we had and, and I, one of the first times I, I taught adults, right? And I, I was in my twenties. And one of the first times I taught adults had a huge class, um, about double the size of this church as a matter of fact. Um, and and I remember looking back on it now because I still have all those notes. This is honestly this is one of the messages that that I would agree with today, <laughs> one of the few. But I remember in these notes it talked about the importance of your first reaction, right? Your first reaction, your initial reaction, that raw thing that just kind of comes out. You didn't plan it. You didn't. You didn't. You weren't. Tactful and thinking how I'm going to react to it. This is just what comes out. This is your reaction to something. That's what shows your heart. And see, for a Christian, for one who has a relationship with the Lord, those are the barometers we use to see where we're really at with the Lord. I could say all day that I want what the Lord wants. I want to step in how he wants me to step. But boom, the second I'm hit with adversity, that initial reaction, that's gonna show the barometer of my heart. And see, that shows the barometer of our, of our relationship. That's why I love that with John. It showed his heart. I mean, yes, it showed his faith, but that's not really what it showed. Because his faith actually is what happens next. It showed his heart. It showed his relationship to the Lord. Same with Beth. Same with Corey. Showed their relationship with the Lord. God, you promised. You promised. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Why? Because you promised, Lord. It's not on my plate anymore. It's on your plate. You know, Jeff sent me... A uh, a video this past week, and and I won't say who it was, but it's someone we know very well, and and it just broke my heart. It was a, it was a church that that is raising money for a building, and and just that whole paradigm that he and I are very used to. That whole paradigm, and my initial thought was, why in the world? Why in the world would we want to take back something that the Lord said is his? He's the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He didn't say, well, David, you own the cattle on a thousand hills, so I'm going to have you pay. No, he didn't say that. He never gave that away. He said, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. So don't take from the Lord what is his responsibility to fulfill. If you're where he wants you to be, in career and whatever, then leave that up to him. I love it. See, Beth doesn't know. Well, at least you don't know as of yet now, right? Yeah. Beth doesn't know what's next. Well, the Lord told her He has something. He said, "We'll talk." He said, "We'll talk." <laughs> we need to pray that Beth listens. Okay, that's what getting. No, <laughs> but, but see, I want you to understand the faith involved here, because this faith shouldn't be a sacrifice. It should be a norm. It should be an initial reaction. See, she said you know you know we have these needs you know we have bills you know we have to do this you know we have to do that you know what we need to do it so father it's time to kill a cow <laughs> send him our way by the way i'll take a stake out of that <laughs> right he's there to provide he's there to provide everything and and it's not just money either guys it's How he builds our lives in relationship to him. It's family, it's friends, it's relationships through both of those. Oftentimes we try to take back the things that he wants on his mantle. That he said he would take care of. And I got to tell you, it is very freeing. Um, this has been four years ago now, or four and a half years ago now when when we got rid of the business and we just said that 's on you god that 's your mantle, not mine we 've never looked back since, and he 's always provided and now it now it gets humorous it gets humorous at times okay i can 't wait to see how you 're going to do this one, and he does he just does. <clears throat> You know, I, I don't see, Lord, how, I, I don't, I don't see how you're gonna do this Nigeria thing. And then, boom! He explodes it. He brings such a favor that we have there. I, I can't wait to tell you guys after this next trip. I, I, I can't say it now because it would put some things in jeopardy, but, but I'll, I'll tell you when, when we get back. The extraordinary things that he's doing. See, That's all on God's man. Honestly, our mantle, he said it's light. He's like, like, take this burden because it's light. What is this burden? This burden is just relationship with him. That's it. That's all we have to worry about. That one thing. Matthew 6.33, that one thing. Seek him. Seek his righteousness. Let him worry about the rest. He's saying, saying, here's this little mantle. Put it on your back. This little mantle that just all you're responsible for is loving Him with everything that you are, and loving each other with everything that you are. Building those relationships, then letting Him do the rest. That's what we have done as a church. That's what we have done in everything that we do. That's what we will do in everything that we do. But because of that, there's this target. That's drawn on your back. Right? There's this target. Don't think for a second that the enemy hasn't tried to infiltrate this church. Because he has. But also don't think for a second that we're not aware of it. Because we are fully aware. And this next declaration is for the purpose of drawing that line in the sand. But you, O God, and this is talking about the enemy that would infiltrate God's bride. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust you. Let me give you the interpretation of that as I declare it in the Lord's chamber. You mess with the bride, you come against those that would be seeking relationship with Jesus Christ and the healing of. That is encapsulated with all of that. You try to come against that. And I'm speaking to the, to the witches. They know, they know what I'm saying. They know who I'm talking about. If you come against it, it will mean your life. Because the Lord has told us to draw the sword. We will no longer ask for lives to be spared we will ask for them to be taken. And what the Lord places on my heart, I say this out loud because the enemy already knows it. We tried to keep it in stealth, but couldn't. There is a precious family here that has been attacked very heavily. And that's Claudette and her family. Where witchcraft has come against her very heavily, and I'll tell you why. Because God has extraordinary plans for this family. The entire family. Well, we have something scheduled coming up very shortly. A week and a half. And this is what we wanted to keep in stealth, but couldn't. We are going to the courts with Claudette. And we will come against that witchcraft that has plagued her and her family, that has literally taken her health and come against her family. So this warning is to those witches. I will declare your death. There will be no mercy. If you try to come against this court session... And hear me because I know you're listening. You will be put to death. Because the Lord will do it. And we will not stand in his way. Because when you love the Lord. The Lord will take away all barriers. To facilitate that love. Mm -hmm. When you love each other. As we love you guys. Even though you only understand a little bit about what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, that's a barrier that's going to be broken too.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Isaac came up to me last week and he, he, he said he said I can't remember if you said it was a vision or a dream, but uh, he, uh, both. both. Okay, well that's double portion. There you go. <laughs> he he said he said yeah. He said all of a sudden my mom's just just speaking perfect English. And I said, that's awesome because Alex had the same vision where she was speaking perfect Spanish. (laughs) So so at least between the two of them, at least between the two of them all understand something. (laughs) But see, witchcraft comes in the way of that no more. It's done. It's over. It's finished. And there are many others. The same thing is happening where witchcraft is coming against this church. But understand and I declare Jesus is the driver. It's not me. It's not me. I, I'm not even in the front seat, guys. I'm in the back seat. And it's awesome. It's awesome. I've never been more comfortable with another driver. <laughs> Except my dad. When I grew up, we, we used to go cross country with it. I could, I could sleep when he drove. Until I was about in college. And then, then I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, I'll wake up thinking we're crashing. Yes, there you go. That's right. <laughs> Control print. Indeed, I received that. I received that. No, I, I don't want that, Lord, but I do love to drive. So if you ride with me, you're going to see me drive. Sorry, just kidding. Unless Jesus is driving. Yeah, if you see nobody driving, just know it's Jesus.
1: Okay?
0: Jesus, take the wheel. There you go. But I am confident, I'm confident in what the Lord's about to do. I want you to continue praying. Because although we have had a lull, and and some may understand this, some may not. We've had a lull in being able to go to the courts. But I know that God is bringing a resurgence of that. Because there's freedom in there. There's freedom in there. And there's strength in there. And God is going to bring to a close those who would try to infiltrate this church. And I put that same warning out to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you, God. You are Jehovah. We worship you. Lord, we just are so thankful. I was watching the the apostle paul that movie last night and at the end when when he is when he's killed and then it shows the scene of him meeting those in heaven who had gone before him and and, and many of them that he had he had uh, led to kill and and just just the the overwhelming grace that was in that moment and then he looks up to his right And he sees Jesus coming over the hill. And I just thought to myself, Lord, thank you. But he didn't have to wait until he was dead. And and the real Paul the Apostle didn't have to wait because he was with you all the time. Just as you don't have to make us wait to be with you. You have been with us. You show up all the time. You manifest and you speak to us all the time. I thank you, Father. I thank you to fulfill your promises that says you will always come if we ask. But Father, I pray for a purging of your bride I release a fire around this local church that will literally singe and burn up spirits of witchcraft that would come against it in Jesus name I ask father for a revealing of witchcraft in your bride that they can no longer hide Cancel their cloak of stealth in Jesus' name. Cancel their ability to hide within your bride and act like they are ones who love you. Just as David cried out that that be stopped and they be taken literally to hell alive, I declare David's heart That this line be drawn in the sand, Father. That they be revealed. And they be taken out of those positions. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Wow, that is my heart, uh, has been so full of this idea of deliverance and freedom. And, um, and I'm not going to read it, but cause it's, but it's short. Go on to the next chapter, Psalm 56, right after 55. And what an encouragement. One of the verses I taught of on was Psalm 56, three, what time I am afraid I will trust in, in thee. And I love that verse. Um, there is, there is so much more, um, Ability to, to exist in the fruit of the Spirit, in all of the things that really make life so amazing, love, joy, peace, um, just goodness, gentleness, kindness, all the fruit of the Spirit, that when you are free of the oppression of the enemy in, a, in the form of a stronghold, that you get to enjoy. And part of how we get there is through the breaking off of those things, through the courts. I want to encourage you to go back in um, the, either the podcasts or in the the message history that we have and listen to some of the messages on the courts. If you've not been or if you don't understand that concept, we provide uh, help and a, and like a prayer team that that uh, guides you through it. But it is not something that has to be guided in a formal sense because obviously it's nothing new. It's it's existed. You know, it's in the Word of God. It's a biblical concept. But wow, it is a powerful experience and. To be free of things and have victory over things, um, probably the most telling thing that, that the Lord said through Greg this morning is what our first reaction indicates. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, there are there's trained behavior, but the true root of who you are is in that first reaction. Yeah. Even some of us that will react not in faith, but then we come around to faith. That was that was my issue. It's like, okay, I knew the right thing to do. I knew the right way to react. But it wasn't my first reaction. It was the trained reaction after I reacted the way I reacted. Well, that's what God had to improve in me. He had to strip and purge and prune and, and humble me. And really, um, like we talked about in the ladies' class this morning, he had to make me a fool to shed the foolish things of this world and learn how to have a renewed, transformed mind and heart in him. It's what I wanted, but are you willing to let God humble you to that degree so that you can draw yourself in closer? And that is the key is because that protection in Psalm 91 is not just for the saved. It is for those walking in a yes of purity. And so some of of the issues of our lack of protection are due to the authorities we invite in. So I really want to encourage you to consider um, questions and anything that you may have, please get get an understanding of what it means to go to the courts, because we really want to encourage you um, to break off, man, casting down the, these imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Second Corinthians ten, read that. Read the first few verses again. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through Christ Jesus. To the tearing down of strongholds. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. It just makes life so much easier and, uh, and more powerful and more victorious. So thank you so much for that, that amazing word. And I'll tell you, he, he went through book of the Bible after book of the Bible this week and was like, Lord, what, what do you want? What do you want? You know, and, um, and I knew God, I said, the fact that there's a delay just means that God is growing his faith and, um, and asking uh, in fact, Cole even mentioned it last night in the prayer call that, you know, um, that, you know, God, when you wait this long, you know, and, and yet you're still excited, that's good. And, and that's the way that Greg has to look at it. Lord, you know, it's on you. I seek your face. I study your word. If you haven't released it to me yet, then that's okay. You will. You will supply that need. And that's a different paradigm, too, in the church. I mean, I told you about my... Um, one of my family members that was, that was, she's no longer, but she was on a team that this team worked in the church office and they decided they would come up with series ideas for the church. And then they would formulate the plan and then they would present it to the pastor and say, look, here's what we got for the next six months, you know, so you can go ahead and, and give this to the church. Can you imagine? I mean, You know i'm not sure where i'm the holy spirit's maybe in there somewhere but wow not necessarily in the driver's seat um when you have that kind of a of a programmable everything can be mapped out for for six months um the the holy spirit will flow the way he flows and uh you've got to be willing to be in that to really have that kind of victory joy come come here and um and just stand next to me for a moment um I'm going to be giving a couple of announcements, and then um, Joy is just going to add a little something that, uh, that the Lord had given her also in, uh, in the form of a dream that she asked me if she could share. Uh, the one announcement, if we have the slide for it.